Hey, John. <laughs> hey, Wendy. <laughs> We're looking good back. Good to be back together. Yeah. In this sense of the word, we've been side by side for this whole preparatory for this past 21, 22 season, building up from COVID. I just want your thoughts on, you know, how we went into the fall season, how we prepped for that. We did a lot of prep. And then the winter and then in the spring, how did our preparations develop for, I know you did a, a lot more detailed work in that situation, but I was just programming away at your whim. You're like, go, let's come up with this one. Tell me yeah. what, you know, how you how you came into the fall with with thoughts. Well, if I can remember, yeah. it seems like <laughs> so long time. ago, but you know, obviously we're so grateful we got three seasons and a Nutcracker season in, even though we had a few cancellations here and there, we had a really successful year. So really grateful for that. But going into the fall, which is super unknown, we didn't know <laughs> if audiences were gonna come back. We didn't know how many dancers were potentially going to get sick during a season. We didn't know or if we'd retire. have to cancel shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we had all these retirements. We wanted to get to the retirements. Yeah. We wanted to make sure those dancers had those special moments on stage. So what we had to do, though, was we had to take out intermissions. That was the biggest thing yeah. for the fall season. So we presented four weeks of programming with zero intermissions, which we've never done before. Which is tough to program because you have to think about who goes into what from what with only a three-minute pause and... How does the music transition? And I think we came up with three, plan A, plan B, and plan C of programming for fall, yep. for sure, yep. and which was fun. Because I think we all thought, oh, well, we can make something great out of any of these plans. But uh, we went, we ultimately went with plan B, right? Yep. Which was no intermissions. No intermissions, but Slightly still lighter ballets. orchestra. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But still big ballets. You know, we were able to still do bigger size ballets. Yeah. Thankfully. And... The plan C was in case we couldn't have an orchestra in the orchestra pit, you know, because that's a confined space with people with no masks on, which we had never yeah. thought about in the history of this company before. Right. So thankfully, we were able to have our full orchestra. We were able to do our full-size ballets. We just had to really scramble casting-wise. And dancers had to, you know, quickly switch from one ballet to the next. Our production team did an amazing job with a season full of pauses yeah. and trying to keep those pauses under five minutes, even under four minutes sometimes. Yep. So that, that season really kind of showed us that we are adaptable and we can make it work with this rep we have and with the great team of dancers and musicians and, and other people we have here. Then we jump into Nutcracker, which was another challenge because we added in a bunch of students from you know, not just SAB, but from other schools around to do the children's roles. Because we had to up the age because of the vaccines. Yep. Yeah. We couldn't use eight-year-olds like we usually do, eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. Everyone had to be vaccinated, so we had to use 12-year-olds and up, which is all that were uh, able to get vaccines back then. And, and they had to fit the costumes. <laughs> and so we had to make 126, I think, brand new costumes mm -hmm. to fit taller children. And mm -hmm. some of the costumes needed to be redone anyway, so mm -hmm. it was a good opportunity to do that. But we had to completely changed the look of the children's rules in Nutcracker. Mm -hmm. And we knew that we'd have dozens and dozens of people backstage on every single night for the first time. Yeah. And so unfortunately, the Omicron wave hit right at the Thanksgiving weekend. We got through four weeks of Nutcracker performances before we had to, to close down to keep the community safe. But uh, mm -hmm. again, I'm grateful for four weeks of Nutcracker performances. Yeah. And we saw an enthusiastic audience both in the fall and during Nutcracker, really come back and cheer us on. Yeah. And having those young people from outside of our typical, how we use our school for American Ballet students, 
We got some kids from, where do we get kids from? We got kids from Ballet Tech and from Alvin Ailey School. Yeah. Yeah, which was really great. And, you know, we opened it up to some other schools and from Ballet Academy East, yes. And a couple other schools we opened it up to, which couldn't make it work with their students. But it felt like it was more of a New York City production. You know, we're going to jump back to using our kids from the school because this is what they train for. But it was really nice for that year to allow this opportunity. I felt other students. I felt the kids were super grateful. I yeah. really felt an energy. Well, and the and the dancers themselves through the whole season, they were all so grateful to just be able to do what they do because we had those two years of not being able to do it. So that yep. energy was really played out to the audience as well. I thought Absolutely. that was kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. And because of what we learned during Nutcracker, we went into winter season thinking there's no way we can do a full-length production. We were supposed to do full-length Swan Lake and put ourselves in a situation where we might have to cancel shows again. Yeah. So we downsized the rep. Once again, you yeah. worked your magic and, <laughs> and went through the programming and mm-hmm. took out a few things and added a few things and said to me, like, I'm almost more excited about this new version than, yeah. you know, the A version. And so we went back to our B version again of programming and we got a full season. We opened a week and a half late, but after the rest of the four and a half weeks, we didn't have any issues. I think that season we really saw more debuts with the dancers than we've ever seen, which was really exciting. We had just Mm -hmm. done a bunch of promotions, and we saw those dancers really Mm -hmm. shining and taking on a lot of new roles and carrying a lot of these ballets, and they did it really successfully. So winter to me was just such a fun season that was also super stressful because of all the debuts and just all the unknowns, but we got through a really clean season. Um, Miracle. And yeah, got to the end feeling really proud of what the company did. Yeah. And then we came into the spring thinking, okay, we're not going to change anything. We're doing intermissions and we're doing our big ballets and we're going to do a full length in Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. And we did it all. Um, yeah, we prayed every day though. I think. Yeah, it was a hard season. <laughs> yeah. It was probably the hardest of the three seasons yeah. in terms of replacements. And we had the Stravinsky Festival in the middle there. We had extra ballets in the season that we would normally have, and ending with a full length always takes a lot of work. Yeah. So the dancers put in extra time, and the repertory directors really got the works onto the stage as best as possible, but it it was hard. It was, yeah, it was a... Literally, somebody would ask me something about next week. I'm like, I can't get there yet. We're just worried about tonight yeah. first. And then we're going to wake up and we're going to worry about the next day yeah. after that. I did not envy your having to make decisions with such a quick turnaround with so much unknown. So I was kind of like, oh, hey, John, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that one. Let's see what he does. But you just gathered as much info as you could and try to be conservative, but confident and yeah. I thought that the way you played your cards was really good and I was really super impressed because I would not have wanted to be in your shoes yeah, in those thanks. decisions it's, yeah well and it's just it impacts so many people yeah and anytime we have to change a ballet just even one ballet yeah. on a program it impacts a lot of people yeah. and so we take and the that audience really they all come pay to see something and yeah and we had our best crowds in the spring season that we had yeah. had the whole year yeah. um, which was exciting to see and you know I think based on all the work we've done that when things are a little calmer and more normal we're really going to be able to thrive because we're able to thrive under such adversity yeah and such challenging circumstances that when things are just a little calmer and 
and people can focus more on their work as opposed to just focusing on the next test they have to take or you know worrying about whether a ballet is actually going to hit the stage or not mm -hmm. and just focus on the work mm -hmm. it's going to be nice mm -hmm. i have this overall impression though i just picked up my next season brochure it's the first time i'm seeing it right now which i've been waiting for months to see it but i look at last year's which is gorgeous the black and white imagery which was very graphic and stunning. And then this one is like so colorful. And I came into this little conversation here today thinking it was like we had this like layer of snow to try to break through, through the whole year that was kept coming down. And like, we finally feel like we may be slightly more on the other side. We have a whole new crop of energy with the developing artists we have in the company now. I think we took in like 11 apprentices. Yep. Is that right? 11 apprentices. Yeah. And maybe seven of them have joined the company because they've yep. done so much work and they've yep. fulfilled the, the needs for getting their contracts. Yep. And then I think we unfortunately lost about nine dancers, I think, yeah. in the upper ranks. But then we promoted 14 dancers to yeah. soloists and principals. So we're full of excitement with a young, new energy. And um, something else I wanted to talk about was the diversity within our, not only our, our younger dancers coming up and in, but the, the commissions that we put out. Mm -hmm. We had seven new works. And within those new works, we had three female choreographers, three choreographers of color, two composers of color, and the diversity among designers was like seven designers of color. So I just feel like we're like breaking into like new voices at New York City Ballet in our creative realm. So I think that that adds to our flowering and uh, I think that and our and our color and our brightness and our excitement here. So super excited to have had, you know, female composers in our commissions right. which we really really don't usually have a yeah. normal on a normal basis but we had four new works with mm -hmm. female composers which that's up to the choreographers so yeah you know we bring in an open-minded choreographer and they bring in open-minded artists so i think it's really exciting and a lot of our composers that we had were under like the age of 40 yeah. which was super exciting <laughs> as well and some of them even conducted yeah, or, or exactly. performed with us yeah and then I wanted to talk to you about having DTH come and do Gustave Le Gray, which was exciting. We didn't initiate that at first because Virginia Johnson came to us to gather dancers to perform with them. Yep. This piece by Pam Tanowitz called Gustave Le Gray. And we looked at the piece and we were like, wow, this is a great little yeah. piece. We should do it as well. So we thought, oh, well, we'll have DTH come and dance with us as well. So... That was super fun for our dancers, for the audiences, for the piece. And we're going to be taking that piece to Saratoga yep. and um, having these wonderful artists from DTH. Um, hopefully we'll be doing a little more of that in the future. We always talk about that. So yeah. it's something we always keep on our radar of combining companies like our Band Together Festival, which we're doing in August with DTH, Alvin Ailey, Ballet Hispanico, ABT, and us. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. these kind of things add to our flowering and our, our creative excitement here. But this was a really hard season for the dancers. And a lot of that came from the fact that we had two years off and we had so many young dancers coming into these ballets that hadn't gone in a long time. So like Symphony and Three Movements was basically a new cast, of right. course, right. and maybe the Demi Solo. So Huge kudos to the dancers at all ranks and all levels for the work they put in. 
tell me how much you uh, have heard about the, the and know about the level of the work that they've done and, and what you feel for their contribution this year with all that they've gone through, the testing, going through COVID and coming back, and just all the details. Well, yeah, overall, we asked more of them as a group than we ever have mm-hmm. because, yeah, we were testing in most of our seasons three mornings a week. And dancers have routines. You had a routine, I had a routine, you know, and it, and anything that deviates from that routine adds anxiety, Mm -hmm. adds stress. Mm -hmm. And we were asking them to come in an hour earlier than normal and you have to sit there and you wait and then maybe the test was inconclusive. Maybe you have a debut that night and you're just sitting there hoping, praying that your test doesn't come back positive because it means you have to leave the building and go away for seven days and not be able to do those things that you had worked so hard to do. And so they were living on the edge Mm -hmm. for an entire performance year from last July up until, you know, the end of May and early June here. Mm -hmm. So basically a whole year of living on the edge of whether they're even going to be allowed to do their job or not, Mm -hmm. whether we're going to have to pull the plug on a performance that night or the next day. And so on top of just the work of getting back after a shutdown, getting back after being stuck in their homes, trying to keep their bodies in shape and fit without being able to fly around a studio like they normally can, Mm -hmm. they had this extra anxiety and stress Mm -hmm. of whether they were going to be able to do their job that night and do what they love that night, continue to rehearse, continue to stay healthy, you know. Then there was the pressure of like, okay, they tested positive, they dealt with that. They came back, and then all of a sudden they had to be back on the stage right away after having to take a week off and, again, being stuck in their homes again. I don't know how they did that. And wanting to be at their best, Mm -hmm. you know, because they always want to be at their best. Mm -hmm. They always strive to be at their best despite Mm -hmm. whatever they're facing. Mm -hmm. And that took extra levels of fortitude, extra Mm -hmm. levels of courage, Mm -hmm. extra levels of just this inner strength digging deep when it felt like everything was falling apart Mm -hmm. to still go out there. They're the ones who are the most vulnerable. They're mm-hmm. the ones that the audience is judging every night. And mm-hmm. the audience doesn't know mm-hmm. the situation that they've been in. The audience doesn't know how little rehearsal they got. You know, the audience doesn't know that this person just stepped in for that, you know, someone who had to pull out. You know, they don't know any of those things. And the audience expects our dancers to be at their best. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really proud of them. I'm really inspired by them and I'm really grateful to everything they did and I really hope they enjoy a little bit of time off here over the summer because <laughs> yeah. they deserve it and yeah. they need it they yeah. need to to reset you know and and come back fresh when we come back for our summer programming and then back again in the fall under hopefully mm-hmm. less anxious circumstances mm-hmm. but we saw them grinding away in the studio the working class is as good as I've ever seen it you know mm-hmm. just class every morning they're focused, they have the right intentions for their work, they're mm-hmm. going about trying to improve this, trying to improve that, mm-hmm. trying to find a new level of this, and we see that, we see that focus, and it would have been easy for them to just check out yeah. at any point during the season and or just, phone say, it in and just yeah, say, I've done like, this. I'm just going to try to get through, mm-hmm. I'm just going to try to get by, but they constantly are striving to be better, and, mm-hmm. and that's contagious, and mm-hmm. it makes me want to be better at my job, it makes mm-hmm. our rep directors want to be better at their job you know it, it pushes all of us so just really grateful for that mm-hmm. and that level of focus like you said was like i've never seen yeah. in a group of dancers a hundred dancers the level of focus and it seemed like the leaders of the group were really leading the other younger dancers with yep. how to go about dealing with these new extra hours uh-huh. some of these dancers were coming in an hour or two earlier than normal right yep. and 
being stuck here and late. Sometimes some of these dancers live in Brooklyn or New yeah. Jersey, so they had to get up super early. And yeah, yeah I just I, I was always coming to class late, so I would yeah. have died if yeah. I had been one of these dancers <laughs> in this generation. And they're still doing their schoolwork and schoolwork, you know, their college work. Five and... or so graduates yeah. who graduated college this yeah. year yeah. at the same time. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're super committed. They want to get the most out of this, mm -hmm. and they do not want you know, mm -hmm. what they love to be taken away again. Mm -hmm. And they had to be disciplined in their personal lives yeah. because we all had to keep the community safe. We had to keep each other safe. So that meant not going out as much, you know, with friends or not going out to restaurants as much. And Masks all the time at work. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah, having to dance in mass. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that, yeah. you know, but everyone wants to be safe and mm -hmm. they want to keep their colleagues safe, so. Yeah, and luckily we didn't have to wear the masks on stage, which... Yes. Was was always a question. Are we gonna go there? Yeah. We never had to do that. And so. every time the audience applauded for them, I just wanted the audience to do more and more because the dancers deserve to hear that applause. Yeah. You know, they yeah. deserve to hear as much love and support as possible every single night. And the audience showed up and gave it yeah. to our artists. Yeah. I have to say that I think once COVID started, we put together more options for class for the dancers. Is that right? Yes. Like the timing. We didn't do that before COVID. It feels uh, like here a, a there, generation but ago. But yeah, yeah. Here and there, we would split up class a little bit but um, because it's such a big company. But this was really more curated towards we would offer a class that was more gentle, yeah. a class that was more fast-paced depending on where the dancers were mm -hmm. in their, you know, staying in shape but also coming mm -hmm. back from mm -hmm. the shutdown. And then we were able to just continue that. And During I know the season. That, yeah, the dancers really appreciated options. Yeah. Because every dancer, when they wake up that morning, depending on what their day looks they like, is going to be something feel. a little different. Yeah. yeah. And so to give a couple options for them. Some have six hours straight. Some yeah. have a, two hours and then a show later. And yeah. Yeah, it's unpredictable. There's no one-size-fits-all here no. that we know of anymore. So, And I think that the curation of teachers has been really great for us because the teachers, they're there to serve the dancers. Yeah. They want to give the dancers what they need. I think that that has been a huge benefit to the dancers' overall work day and then goes into their performances. That's something that we're cultivating. It's that kind of energy here so that we're here to support the art that's going on stage only. You yes. know, and, and, and the uh, work. The work, the work and is so what important. the audience sees. Yeah. yeah. And that's one little thing we can do that helps the work improve. Yeah. And and it, it allows us to be able to give them feedback of things to work on in class because they have the options in class. They're like, well, I know I can work on this with that aspect person. of my technique with that teacher. Yeah. 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 It's great. It's good. And then for myself to be sitting out front every show and really realizing I'm watching the core a lot more than right. I, you know, because I, I trust yeah. that, you know, certain principles. I'm like, great. I know they're amazing. And I've watched them do this a few times. And. And I'll watch them at certain points, but then my eye will go, oh, let me check out that new person. Yeah. And I, I get really yeah. drawn in by certain things that either they need to work on or something they've done great. And I, I want to give them feedback. So I think a lot of us were, were going back and trying to find certain specific younger dancers to give them the feedback they need. And I think that that was letting the dancers realize that no matter where you are on stage, <laughs> in the back, in the corner, in the dark, we see you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think for some of the newer ones, it was like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we yeah. see you, everything you do. 
Because so, it's easy to feel like you're just such a big I, part of the group. But remember, there's a couple thousand people out there. It's yeah. a lot of sets of eyes that are going to wander around the stage and yeah. pick out certain dancers to watch. And yes, we've you and I have both been really purposeful. Yeah, I was really doing that on our tour to D.C. because uh -huh. we were sitting a little closer. Uh -huh. So I was really focused on the core yeah. and some of our newer apprentices and stuff to just look, look for things to to give them that they're doing well, but also things to yeah think about to like keep thinking about and working on. Yeah, yeah. The idea <laughs> that we just we can give as much feedback as possible is something that we're I know both of us are committed to and like you know got to keep it going. Yeah, because feedback is what feeds them. Mm -hmm. That's the fuel they need to mm -hmm. like keep improving. We're like their mirror. We have to like yeah. show them what yeah, we see. Yeah. Much more time on the stage than in front of a mirror. Yeah. In this company, yeah. you know, so much time on stage, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. Looking ahead, though, we've got a very challenging season coming up, which I'm super excited about. We had so many ballets this season because of the Stravinsky Festival and other things, but we we're trying to slightly downsize it a little bit more so that we can get more opportunities to more people and in ballets that don't need extra rehearsals. So right. we always always have trouble getting all the ballets rehearsed to, to the degree they need. But we've decided to do a lot of very classical Balanchine ballets and, and even Robbins ballets like Divertimento, Scotch Symphony, Raimonda, piano pieces, Symphony in C, Donizetti. We haven't seen Donizetti in yeah, a while. Excited for that one. Yeah. Allegro Brillant. So many things. Brandenburg is coming back after a long time. Ratmansky's Namuna. Something that when I was a young younger dancer in the core, learning ballets, these big ballets were like eating meat, right? They're like so filled with protein because not only are they challenging technically, but you're in that group and you learn from the dancers around you. And I think that this was something I had in mind when I put together a lot of these programs was yep. feeding the younger dancers with the older dancers' energy, just the group energy of New York City Ballet, the team energy and the energy of dancing as a unit, as a one body. Yep. So there's a lot of that opportunity. Yes, there are, and which is good because then they get good at it. You yeah, know, they get they good at practice. following, yeah. lining up. They they tr have to keep up with the older dancers because they're yep. next to them a little more. But from these ballets, what are some of the ones that you are very excited about? I know you love Ramonda because you love those. You love to challenge those ladies. Yes, <laughs> those I solos. love Ramonda because of the yeah. solo opportunities. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Always new opportunities for dancers. I love Donizetti. Uh -huh. I just think it's such a fantastic piece um, and the core dance is very core dance challenging really choreography yeah. yeah you know i love divertimento 15 for the same mm -hmm. reason except it's more solos for our soloists and principals mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. to get out there and really do challenging hard variations mm -hmm. i'm really excited about brandenburg coming back because that was one i really loved to dance when i was in the company yeah. and and again the core dance is a lot in that mm -hmm. you feel like you're doing a full ballet mm -hmm. Allegro Brillant's one of my favorite ballets in the company. I'll watch that any day, every day. Mm -hmm. And then we have a, a Robin's piece, Rondo, which you oh, yes. really yes. put on our radar as like, let's do this. Let's and it hasn't gone it since the early 80s. 1981. Yeah, I think yeah. the last time it went was the first time it went. And, yeah. and I saw it my first summer in New York when I was yeah. 14. And uh, it was Kira Nichols and Stephanie Saland. And I was immediately smitten with these ballerinas. And I was like... I want to be like them. And I felt, I was like, Kira, Kira's the one I'm more like. I just knew right then. Wow. I was like, that's the dancer that I fit more like. Yeah. But, I, but I loved both of them. And I loved that they were so opposite yeah. each other, like texturally and 
flavor, yeah. um, coloring and everything. So I'm excited. We have some beautiful young ballerinas and soloists, women dancers. So it's a duet for two women to piano yeah. music, very simple Mozart. So it's very, very simple, but something to remember Robbins by and those yeah. beautiful ballerinas that he loved so much. Yeah, and I love to give something to the audience that they haven't seen in a long time. When we yeah. brought back Hyaf Divertimento, right. and yeah. everyone's talking about this. We love this. It's this a great is such a great piece. little piece. And, why and that's going go a few more? times this and season. And that's coming in. You know, so it's just like presenting the audience with so many different layers yeah. of New York City ballet. Yeah. And I love the historical part of that. And mm -hmm. then Justin Peck's Copeland Evening which I'm really, really excited about. Yeah. It's his first work with us. It's going to encompass full a full evening. Yeah. yeah. And I know he's been really hard at work prepping and, and, and really digging into the scores that he's going to use and mm -hmm. the casting and, and the structure of it. And I, I don't know if I've ever seen him this focused for a, a piece at City Ballet that just really is going to take so much of his energy and efforts, mm -hmm. but it's going to be so exciting for the company. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think is going to create a lot of buzz and a lot yeah. of people are going to want to come see that. And I like that we're downsizing the amount of rep a little bit because I think each piece will get a little bit more care mm -hmm. and attention. But there's still all these ballets that are going that a lot of dancers here haven't danced before. So that new fresh discovery is also exciting. That also means a lot more debuts and getting dancers out there in new roles, which we always love here at City Ballet. Mm -hmm. So much to be excited about. Like I said, I hope the dancers rest a bit over the summer, but they're going to have to you know, come back ready to work because we're going to hit the ground running in August as we prep for hopefully what will be a very normal yeah. normally scheduled fall season yeah normal normally scheduled extremely challenging yeah. next year of programming yeah something else i also re realized looking back was probably 80 percent of the ballets that we programmed and performed this past fall winter and spring 80 percent of them probably had debuts in at least one cast so yeah. there were always debuts always somebody opening up to a new role for the audience to see and how exciting that was for the whole company. Yeah. It supercharged everybody. Yeah. Um, and so with, like, you know, the, the reality of principal retirements, which we had several this past year, always bittersweet because our audiences and all of us fall in love with these yeah. dancers and especially in how they translate some of these roles mm -hmm. in a special way. Mm -hmm. And there will be no compare to mm -hmm. some of them. But that's okay. We don't want someone to try to be like yeah. one of those dancers who just moved on. We want that dancer to be the best version of themselves coming up. Yeah. And so with those retirements creates such opportunity in the company. And mm -hmm. being able to bring in 11 students from SAB after having to take a year mm -hmm. away from hiring at all mm -hmm. was really gratifying. Mm -hmm. And then um, bringing in Chun Wei Chan, our soloist who came in from Houston Ballet, who just got promoted to principal just mm -hmm. last month, and how he was able to thrive and be successful right away here in this mm -hmm. company and in this repertory it was was another highlight for me from this past year. Yeah. I look back at COVID and, and how much personally I was gardening, and I feel like New York City Ballet is, is just a garden right now because there's so many different qualities of of flowering happening and then with the next year's promotional material all the colors and all the bright joyful open free just vibrance i I've, i'm really excited for, yeah. for what's coming up so yeah my biggest fear was that when we got back we wouldn't really be back yeah that we would be sluggish or we mm -hmm. would our edge would be missing or something mm -hmm. and from the opening night that mm -hmm. wasn't the case 
you know, the edge was there, the energy was there, the spirit, the mm -hmm. New York City Ballet spirit that mm -hmm. we're known for was there. And it maintained throughout, again, what was probably the most difficult year in the history of this company and in yeah. these dancers' careers. And um, they maintained it. So it's and they reinforced it and, and yeah. made it bloom even more. Yeah, yeah, a lot of... A lot of energy and excitement on the stage, mm -hmm. but so much artistry, so much new artistry. Mm -hmm. From even our oldest dancers, you know, everyone came back a changed person mm -hmm. from everything we've been through. And to see them all reach new levels gives me a lot of hope for this coming year and the years to come ahead of that. So many bright spots to, to uplift. Yeah, and reminding them, I remember speaking to a few of the principal dancers, reminding them they don't have to be what they were when they left. Right. Like what they are now is just as valid as where they thought they were when they had left, that they can be new. And right. it, and so I think allowing artists to thrive each day and where they're at, I think that's something that we, we both talk about a lot, trying to for do sure. that for yeah. the, each dancer. I know dancer. they yeah. had that. They were like, I just want to get back to where I was before the they're shutdown. Like, You'll never be that. And it's, yeah. You're a whole new person. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of dancers came back stronger mm -hmm. because of the work they did on their own time. Mm -hmm. It was like being a beginner ballet student all over again and starting with just basic technique and working from the ground up. And they came back stronger, faster, moving bigger, and, Better and with focused. more abandon. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, going for broke because it's kind of like, well, what am I holding back? It could right. all be taken away from me. Exactly. So just go for it. Yeah. 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 It's great to see. Yeah. Well, have a great couple of days off, and then we'll see you in um, Saratoga and and then um, at the band festival this yep. fall in, in yep. August, and then September when we get back to the stage here. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you have a, yeah, a little time off as well. We have a yeah. little breather now, but yeah. enough work over the summer that we feel like, you know, we're... We're still presenting something out there for our audiences mm -hmm. to see, mm -hmm. but yeah, take mm -hmm. a, take a second. We all need to take a second <laughs> yes. over the next coming days. We yeah. know the value of that. Yep. Yeah, great. Thanks, John. Thanks, Wendy. Yeah.